When we live with unresolved anger or hurt, the result is nearly always bitterness, broken relationships, and unhealthy behaviors. Unforgiveness pretty much sabotages our entire life spiritually, mentally, and physically. Today, my guest, Ruth Graham, will be sharing with us about the miracles of forgiveness. Ruth Graham is the author of many books, including the best-selling In Every Pew Sits a Broken Heart, the award-winning Step Into the Bible, and her latest book, Forgiving My Father, Forgiving Myself. As the third child of Ruth and Billy Graham, she has her own unique voice addressing critical issues of the 21st century, the struggle of forgiveness, the value of doubt, loneliness, being single in a couple's world. Welcome to the Gems of Motherhood. I'm your host, Sharon Khan. I'm here to connect you with some amazing gems of mothers and professionals from all walks of life. Each week, you'll hear interviews as well as resources and actionable tips that you can implement in your daily life to be the best gem God has called you to be. Thanks for walking this journey with me today, and don't forget to subscribe to the show. Welcome to the Gems of Motherhood podcast, Ruth. It's so good to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this. Likewise, I'm definitely looking forward because I know you have tons of gem nuggets to share with us. So just to get us started, can you share a little bit about your story, your journey to forgiveness? Well, um, it really began, of course, forgiveness is something we have to deal with all of our lives. Mm -hmm. But uh, for me, it began when I went to visit Angola Prison in Louisiana. And Angola State Penitentiary is was the bloodiest prison in America. And the warden, the new warden got in there and began to clean it up. And it's, a, it's an amazing place. And there are 5,000 men who are in there for life. These are serious criminals. And I went um, as an, at an invitation with the warden to speak to the men. There are five camps of a thousand men each. And so there's a chapel in each camp and we were invited to speak at each chapel. And um, towards the end of the, the last day, he asked me if I would go to death row. And I thought, mm, I don't think I wanted to do that, but I wasn't going to say that. So I said, of course I would go. And, but I was very anxious and very nervous, never having been uh, close to a death row. So I was just, didn't know what I felt expect. inadequate, just felt totally inadequate. So we went and it was a sunny day and the sun was shining on the razor wire and the, the steel gates. And we walked through this one steel gate and it closed behind us. And then there was a gate in front of us and we walked through that and there was a guard met us. And um, he pointed us down this long corridor and it was lined with cells. And I began to walk down the corridor. And the first cell I came to a little brown hand stuck his hand out and uh, shook my hand. And he's, we chatted for a little while. He said, can I sing you a song? And I said, of course. So he took a step back and took a deep breath and he began to sing, it is well with my soul. Mm. And I knew it was well with his soul. Mm. And uh, we chatted a little while longer. I asked him about his family. He had pictures of his family in the cell. So I asked him about his family. Then he said, can I give you a gift? And I thought, what could this man possibly give me? But he pulled out a little cross. It's woven. He'd made it out of his threads from his bed sheets. Oh, wow. And I have it now in the house. And it reminds me to pray for those men in Angola. But we said our goodbyes. And I didn't think our stories would, you know, ever cross again. And I went home. And about three weeks later, I got an email from a lady. And she said, were you really on death row 
at Angola because the newspapers had carried it. It was a national story. And uh, I said, I emailed her back and I said, yes, I was. And then she emailed me back and she said, did you meet a Michael? And I thought, you know, I met so many men. Let me find out if I met Michael. So I called the warden. I said, Warden Kane, did we meet a Michael on death row? He said, yes, you did. So I emailed her back and I said, yes, I did. She, she emailed me back. And she said, do you know if he's a Christian? And I said, I don't know. I'll have to call the warden. So I called Burl Kane back and I said, Burl, do you know if he's a Christian? Oh, yes, he is a believer and he is scheduled to die at the end of this month. Mm. And I said, oh, okay. So I wrote her back and I said, yes, he is a believer, but tell me what your interest is in this young man. And she said, years ago, he brutally murdered my granddaughter. And I just want to know that he's going to be in heaven with me. Oh, That story moved me so deeply, so terribly deeply that I thought, you know, I don't know what forgiveness really is. Mm. She taught me in her forgiveness because I thought, you know, one day... Or that man is going to step into heaven and the little girl's going to meet him yeah. and they're going to be brothers and sisters in Jesus. And then the grandmother's going to join them. And I thought only God could do that. Mm. So I wanted to know what forgiveness really was all about. So I began to, to think about it and began to pray about it and study it. And, and um, everybody has an, a definition of forgiveness, mm-hmm. a letting go, um, a way to get healthy emotionally. I don't know how you want to define it, but it's, I began to realize that forgiveness is so much more than that. It is, it is holy. Mm-hmm. It is an opportunity to participate in the very character and nature of God, because God is all about forgiveness. And right. so I thought, you know, I want to know more about that. And so I began to study and, and learned a lot. I'm not an expert by any matter of means. I'm just an apprentice. I'm just, I'm still learning, mm-hmm. but it's a wonderful subject. And we are so blessed to know that God can forgive us of anything. Mm. Amen. Wow. That's an incredible story. I mean, unforgiveness is definitely a really, really hard issue. And it's almost as though as you were speaking, I almost feel as though like unforgiveness could almost be the opposite of love. When we think about the opposite of love, we naturally would think that it would be hate, you know, and it could almost tie into being unforgiveness too, because if we were to love, we would be able to forgive because that's what God did for us because he loved us. And God is love. Amen. Well, sometimes a person may say that they forgave yet on occasion, they can still bring up that subject matter. Do you think that that person has really forgiven? Forgiveness uh, is a choice. It's a decision you make. And Dr. Tozer, A.W. Tozer, said that uh, when we make the decision to forgive, that's as if it were a doorway into our heart to allow the Holy Spirit to come in and enable us to forgive. He, he comes in and does that in us. So I think that we have to make the choice to forgive. Once we have made the decision to forgive, I forgive so-and-so for this such-and-such, then you have done it. That is the decision you have made. Now, you're going to feel emotions. You're going to have thoughts. You're going to have things rem, uh, be reminded to you. But you can always go back and say, no, but I forgave on such and such a day. I think it's important to write the date down and say, mm-hmm. all right, I forgave on such and such a day. And 
so that when, because we have an enemy who's going to try to make us feel like we haven't forgiven. Right. We have an enemy who's going to try to make us feel small and try to dig it all up again. We cannot let him do that. It will tie us in knots. Mm-hmm. We have to remind him that, yes, we have forgiven and we stand in that forgiveness by God's help and God's grace. Amen. And there's just so much freedom in forgiveness, a weight being lifted off us when we forgive. Now, as a mother, as a grandmother now, and as a wife, have you gone through situations whereby you have to find yourself to forgive? Oh, my, yes. Oh, my, yes. Uh, If you're in a marriage, of course. Uh, Mm -hmm. My mother used to say that a marriage is made up of two, should be a good marriage is made up of two good forgivers uh, because you're always having to forgive. And and you have to forgive your children and your children have to forgive you. I have had to ask my children for forgiveness um, many times. And that's that's a good thing to do because we do offend. We do hurt our children. And um, we need to acknowledge that and say, please forgive me. I was wrong. Mm. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm. I love the grandfather clock that just went. (laughs) It'll be gone here in a minute. (laughs) But it is so true that as we ask for forgiveness, our children will have to forgive us too. Now, what if they still can't forgive? And I mean, like you said, you know, forgiveness is a choice. What do you think would happen to that person if they still can't forgive? And how can we help them to forgive as a mother? How can we help our children to learn to forgive? And how can we as mothers and wives learn to forgive if something has offended us? I think we model it, first of all. Mm. I think if we are forgiving and we are we teach them how to forgive, I think that then we live it out and we pray for them. I don't think we can make them forgive. I don't think that we can impose that on the outside. We have to ask the Holy Spirit to work in their hearts for them to forgive. But I do think important thing is to model it. And my children have seen me uh, in very difficult situations, uh, and I don't hold myself up as any example, but for instance, I was going through a a bad divorce and the lawyer for my husband was having dinner in a restaurant where we were having dinner. And I happened to know the lawyer and he, we socialized together. And, uh, and so I went over to speak to him. My daughter was horrified. She said, why would you go speak to him? He's being ugly to you. I said, honey, that's not the point. Mm -hmm. The point is I want to be free of that. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I want him to know that I'm not holding him accountable for that. Um, And it's just, there is a freedom there. But my children saw that. And my daughter will still talk about that and say, Mom, how could you do that? But it's because I forgave. Mm. You know, I don't hold on to it anymore. Mm. Amen. Yeah, well, I do believe that unforgiveness could also harm our children's lives and in turn, spiral into somewhat what you would call a generational curse. Mm. How do you suggest for moms, number one, Share their pain and story with your children. Number two, acknowledge unforgiveness in your heart. I think, well, you have to be age appropriate. Mm. You know, you can't tell everything to your children. Uh, And I think you have to be very careful. Now, my children are adults. And so they, and I've written about my foibles and my mistakes and my sins. And so they know pretty much everything. So I'm pretty much of an open book, which I'm very grateful that I've been able to be an open book with my children. And with my children, I've told them they can say anything they want to me respectfully. Mm. And I've heard a lot of things that I didn't want to hear, but I thought it was important for them to be able to tell me rather than somebody else and try not to suck air and go, you know, how terrible that is. You just, you can't react that way. You have to be able to just react in a calm manner and, 
And again, you cannot overemphasize the role of the Holy Spirit in relationships. Mm. Yeah, that's so and true. How to forgive. You can teach them the words of forgiveness. You know, we, we pray that every Sunday in church, you know, Father, forgive us. I think you teach them the words and you point them to the scripture from early on that this is something that God wants us to do, that God will enable us to do, that he is forgiving and we want to be like him. Mm -hmm. Mm, That's really good. Now, sometimes moms can be especially hard upon themselves, especially, you know, a lot of moms tend to be wanting to take everything on your shoulders and they want to be the perfect mom. And at the end of the day, if they can be just so hard on themselves and there are certain things that they can't do, how do you suggest for moms to first forgive themselves? Well, that's a process too. (laughs) Again, you make the choice to forgive yourself. And um, as someone who's been married and divorced four times, Mm -hmm. I had to deal with that. I had to forgive myself. And uh, it took a long time. But for me, I had to discover what my core issue was. And once Mm -hmm. I realized what my core issue was and why I was making the same mistake over and over again, then I could deal with it. But I remember being in Sunday school class um, a couple of years ago, and we were talking about the the culture of First Corinthians and how what a bad culture it was and how they had descended into such debauchery. And um, the Sunday school teacher asked us, when did our culture begin the downward slide, slide in America? And somebody in the back said, when we accepted divorce. Well, normally I would have crawled under the pew and cringed and think, oh, me, he's talking about me. Mm-hmm. But I didn't. It went in one ear and out the other. And I was I was happy listening to the rest of the Sunday school class. And the man who said it came up to me afterwards. He said, oh, Ruth, I'm so sorry. He said, I meant to say when we accepted easy divorce. And I looked at him and I said, Lowell, I stand in Romans 8.1. There is no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. When we know our place in Christ, we need not hold ourselves in condemnation. That's a tool of the enemy. He will use that to hurt us, to make us ineffective, to paralyze us. And we can't do that. Mm. We don't want that. We we want to be working for the Lord in the freedom of forgiveness. Right. Amen. Freedom of forgiveness. That's really, really important because at the end of the day, God wants to set us free, right? Right. That's right. And you had wrote in your latest book, Forgiving My Father, Forgiving Myself. I've heard like rave review about the book. Can you share a little bit about the book with me and how you forgave your father? Well, people will say, well, what did I have to forgive my father for? And it's not a criticism of my father. And I don't blame my father for anything. It was my choices, the choices that I made. But because he traveled so much when I was young, Mm -hmm. he didn't mean to hurt me, but I read it as abandonment. So as a little girl, I felt abandoned. I wanted a daddy to tuck me in bed. I wanted him to teach me how to ride the bicycle. I wanted him to be there at my school program, but he never was. Mm -hmm. And so I felt as a little girl, I just felt I was abandoned. I couldn't have expressed that to him. I couldn't have expressed that to myself. I didn't know until after my fourth divorce and I was beating myself up and I thought, why am I doing this? And a very dear friend said to me, he looked at me in the eyes and he said, Ruth, as a little girl, you felt abandoned. Mm. I did not want that to be true because I, my father is my hero, still is. But I knew he'd hit a chord. That piece of the puzzle fit. Mm-hmm. And um, 
And from that day forward, I realized, realized that yes, abandonment was issue. I was looking for security. I would have told you that Jesus is my security, but deep down where the secrets were kept, that wasn't true. I was looking for a man to give me security and I kept making the same mistake over and over again. So once I discovered it, like the sunshine came on. Mm. Wow. How did you then come to that place of forgiveness? Wait, I just said, I'm forgiven. I, and I, I remember a very dear friend. He's a, a counselor out in Denver, Colorado. Mm-hmm. And I called him one day and we were talking and he was trying to walk me through some things. And uh, he said, Ruth, let me just stop right here. And he said, in the name of Jesus, mm-hmm. you are forgiven. Amen. And it's important for me to hear that. You know, someone who would say that over me and pray that over me really helped me a lot. And again, the work of the Holy Spirit, you know, you you can't put that in a box. Mm -hmm. But I know that to hear those words resonated with me. And then when I finally realized what my core issue was that I felt abandoned, then I could accept myself and Mm -hmm. accepting myself was important. Mm, Yeah, accepting yourself. I mean, at the end of the day, we have to realize who we are created in Christ and who God made us to be. And so this leads me to my next question for you is that, you know, what are some actionable tips would you suggest for moms out there who are struggling with unforgiveness? Whether it's having a difficult time forgiving their parents, forgiving their spouse or their children. Well, the first step is to take it to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And just simply pour it out, all out at his feet. Um, and then if you need to get a counselor or a pastor to talk to talk over it with somebody, I think that's that's very valuable. It's no substitute for the Lord, but it's very valuable and uh, can be very helpful. And then I think for me, I journal. Mm-hmm. I journal um, just every day and just write down what my thoughts and feelings are. And that helps me. Now, some people, you know, that doesn't help, but it, it does help me to, to write it down. And when I, I do that first thing and then I open the scriptures and I say, okay, Lord, you see what I've written here, speak to what I've written, you know, show me what I need to do and how I need to, to, to correct this. And invariably, the scriptures will apply to just that situation. And I'm very grateful for that. Mm, Wow, that's awesome. I think journaling, it's so important. And it's really a process, a healing process is when you write your thoughts down. You know, I love doing prayer journals and just writing my prayers down because it just helps me to see, wow, God came through over and over again. Um, And so uh, in the same way, you know, journaling, definitely it's very freeing. Mm -hmm. And it is a record, like you said, it's a record of what God's done in your life. I can, I keep all my journals upstairs in the attic and I can go back 20 years Mm -hmm. to see how God has done different things in my life. And it's just, it's a record of his work in me. And I can praise him and thank him and see that I may be in a bad situation right now, but I can look back at those journals and read them and say, oh, but he did that there. He can do it again. Mm -hmm. And it's very personal. Yeah, absolutely. Now, we're pretty much almost at the end of our show, but I'd love to hear, you know, is there anything else that you would like to share with other gems of mothers out there? Well, I think motherhood is hard. It's Mm -hmm. difficult, but don't be too hard on yourself. You're doing the best you can. And if you are a loving mother who is, um, who listens to her children, loves her children, wants the best for her children, you will do just fine, but you have to rely on the Lord to do it. You know, um, you can't do it in yourself, but 
motherhood is most wonderful thing in the world. I loved being a mother. I still am a mother, but I loved having little kids. I loved <laughs> especially when they were babies, but I've just enjoyed my children enormously. I haven't always enjoyed the things that they did. Uh, we've been through a lot of heartache, but you know, we got through it and I'm very grateful. Both my daughters live in my same neighborhood now. And so I have six grandchildren in my neighborhood. So I just love that. That's a blessing from the yeah. Lord. Amen. There was a time I would have said, no, do not come live in my neighborhood, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I really, uh, it's, it's a blessing. Amen. Truly. Children are a blessing, even though sometimes you might want to like, just go away. <laughs> but uh, Ruth, thank you so much for coming on the show. Before we wrap up, uh, would you mind just closing us in prayer? I'd be happy to. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for those who are going to listen to this podcast. And I pray that your spirit would take what I've said that is worthwhile and apply it. And you would take away everything that isn't worthwhile, that uh, anything that isn't of you, that you would just stop their ears. But Lord, we just want to bring glory and honor to you. And I pray for those mothers who are listening, that you would bless them, that you would keep them, that they would drive themselves to your feet and realize that it's only through you, through Jesus Christ and your Holy Spirit, that they can really be a good mother. Uh, otherwise, it's just all self-effort and uh, it will collapse. But Lord, we just, we thank you for this time. Thank you for Sharon and her vision for this. And I pray that you would bless her and her little girl and her husband and her family. And that, um, Lord, you would just multiply her, her borders, extend her borders mm -hmm. uh, for this ministry. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Ruth. Thank you. Now, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Gems of Motherhood podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more amazing Gems of Mothers and more resources, head over to gemsofmotherhood.com where you can subscribe to the show. That's where you'll find show notes with actionable tips and any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I hope you'll find inspiration and learn to cultivate your own journey. You are loved. You're an incredible gem to God. He knows you intimately. He knows what you need and he knows what you're going through. Remember, you are fearfully and wonderfully made in him. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode.